Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me, for supporting the podcast, but mainly for striving to be a better dad every day yourself. It's one thing for me to do it, but it's totally different when we join in collectively and work together to be better every day. That's when we truly begin to better father our future. So thank you for not only listening, but thank you for being a participant in the mission of fathering our future. Now, I'm sure most of you are probably aware that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I want to talk to you about mental health. And the one thing that I believe we can do as dads that will have a tremendous positive impact on our kids' mental health. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I've just studied the subject as a dad had conversations. I'll keep all my speculations and opinions to myself. I want to just talk to you, and I want to transfer this urgency to you so that if you do have young kids, if you have kids at all, but especially if your kids are young, that it's important and it's crucial, even from the time that they are little, that you are being intentional in your engagements and your interactions with your kids because it's going to have an impact on their mental health, whether we like it or not, how we choose to behave in relation with our kids, it is going to have an impact on their mental health. So you can do things that are good for their mental health, or you can do things that are not so good. The choice is yours, but I am imploring you today to listen and to at least focus on this one thing. Now, I'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to give you some of the stats that I came across that helped me develop that urgency with my kids, because again, my kids are five, three, and one. So let me, give you the, let me give you the stats. The first survey that I came across was from the CDC. In 2009, they surveyed American high school students, and they asked them if they had a persistent feeling of sadness and hopelessness. In 2009, 26% said yes. They asked the same question to American high school students in 2021. 44% said yes. We have a persistent feeling of sadness and hopelessness. Now, these are high school students. This is 18 down to 14. That's hard for me to wrap my head around to feel that at 14 years old, that you just have constant sadness and hopelessness, that things are not going to improve and get better. That's hard for me to swallow. The second stat that I came across, it dealt with ER visits due to self-inflicted harm and or suicide attempts. And the age range for this one is 10 to 19. 10-year-olds fall within this statistic. They found that from 2001 to 2019, that the ER admissions due to self-inflicted harm and or suicide attempt increased 88%. They nearly doubled this statistic dealing with as low as 10-year-old kids not even contemplating suicide, attempting suicide, doubled in less than two decades. 
So now this is getting really close to five for me. And if you are already attempting suicide at 10, then there's some contemplation of suicide and some factors that have led to that at a younger age. Now, my wife had to do this culture index survey at work. I'm not going to read you all her results, even though they're pretty fascinating. She's pretty wonderful. And if you need to see that for yourself, you can just you can just go check out the episode that I did with her on what moms need. And dads, it might not be a bad idea for us to regularly visit that one, just so that we're fresh on that information. But back to mental health. The survey that she had to do, the introduction astounded me. It starts out, you know, it's trying to help you understand how to read the report, but it starts out by letting you know that the first section titled Traits is a summary of seven work-related characteristics. These traits assess who you are outside of work or who you are when you're not modifying your behavior to meet the needs of your surroundings. And the next sentence blew me away. It said, these seven work-related traits are inherent behaviors and are typically established by ages 8 to 12. So potentially by the age of 8, you have established some of these behaviors that still manifest themselves in your adult life. At 8 years old, they are established. That really created the urgency in me that Hey, my oldest is five. Some of the factors that are going to play into that behavioral establishment, potentially at eight, are happening now. And one thing that I want to say, because when I was growing up in school, mental health wasn't a thing. We never talked about it. It was never addressed. I didn't even hear about it. I feel that even though it's been studied for decades, it's not like it's just all of a sudden new culturally it's new. I feel like within the last five to seven years, it's really kind of developed and been a big push that everyone talks about. Media, celebrities, the people who've been studying it for decades, you know, they're still part of the conversation. They're the ones you should probably be listening to. But anyway, it's in my day and probably in your day, if you're if you're my age or older, it was all about IQ. It was all about how intelligent are you. But now the tables have turned, and there's tons of people who say that the more important measurement is your EQ, your emotional quotient. This is what you need to focus on. So I think there's a ton of truth and validity to that. But the point that I want to make is I grew up with this not being something that I was mindful of. There's a good chance that you probably grew up the same way, And what I want to get through to you, Dad, is that this is important. This is crucial. This is crucial for you with your kids. Mental health is a big deal, and you need to be mindful of it. Now, here's the one thing that I want you to do. And you're going to think, this is easy, let me turn this off. I want you to hear me out. The one thing is communication. But I don't mean just talking to your kids. I'm not talking about the quantity of words that come out of your mouth that are pointed to your kids. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the quality of communication that you have. There has to be a very specific, focused, elaborate style of communication that you have with your kids. And let me tell you 
about this survey that I came across. It's a study that I believe is still actually being conducted, but they're already posting some of their results. It's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible study, and I'm so glad that this happened. So it deals with particular students doing better than other students in school. Now, typically, the age-old data has been that kids from high-income families do better in school than kids from low-income families. So what they have done in this study is they have taken parents and kids from all across the spectrum, and they have done the same experiments with them. One of those experiments was something simple like flipping a light switch up, having the light turned on, flipping it down, and having the light turn off. And what they found is that regardless of the income of the family, the kids all ask the same question. How does that work? What changed was the answer the parents gave. They found that the parents from low-income families tend to just give short, direct answers. The example was, when you flip it up, it turns the light on. When you flip it down, it turns the light off. But the parents from high-income families gave elaborate answers. For example, there's a conduit, and the electricity flows through that. And when you flip the switch up, it's almost like you open this gate, and then the electricity can flow through it. And when it gets to the light, it powers it, and it turns on, and then we can see. But when you flip the switch down, the gate closes, and it breaks that flow of electricity, so now it can't get to the light. So it turns off because it's not getting powered. Those are the answers that the parents were giving. And so it's the results are not so much that money is what makes someone smarter or not as smart, but it's the quality of communication that the kids receive in the home. And mental health has to deal with how you think, how you feel, and how you act. And your education has a lot to do with how you think. So my point is, Quality communication is what you need to be intentional about. You need to make sure that when your kids ask you a question, that you're actually taking the time to really answer those questions. That you're not saying, I had a bad day. Go ask your mom. Don't do that. Don't stifle communication with your kids. Make sure that there is an open channel. Make sure that you are jumping at the bit to answer and talk to your kids in a way that helps them, in a way that is constructive, because that makes a difference. I've talked about it before, but you have to make sure that you have a bridge of communication with your kids. Make sure that they know that they can come to you with anything and everything, because you want them to come to you first. You don't want your kid to do something that they feel guilty about or that they're ashamed of and for them to have such fear that you're just going to lay out the consequences on them that they can't come to you for guidance. And so they go to a peer who gives them stupid advice and then they wind up just doing dumber things because they were too afraid to go to dad and have a conversation because of what you might do. You need to make sure that you create boundaries for communication where there are moments where your kids can talk to you and express themselves. Make sure, you know, they keep it respectful. But if they're mad at you, let them tell you that they're mad at you. 
If they are confused about something, let them tell you that they are confused about something. Don't just think that you can, you know, put your fist down and then the matter is resolved. This is going to create problems for them down the road. This is going to have a negative impact on their mental health. Communication is so key. If you read about what you can do to better your mental health, if you have issues, things that you should do, one of the big things that is constantly brought up is you need to talk to somebody. You need to have some path of communication with another human being. Communication is a game changer. It gives you the opportunity to express how you feel, to open up, and to just pour out your issues. When someone is having mental health issues and they go and they see a therapist or a psychologist, a counselor, it, I feel like it's, I'm going to say 10 out of 10, but I feel, I mean, at the very least, it's 9 out of 10 times. They always ask them, you know, what's the origin of this? Where did it stem? Tell me about your childhood. And oftentimes, the problems that they face as adults are rooted in their childhood. Something happened they didn't understand. Something happened that they were confused by. Something happened and it created these issues and they just couldn't figure it out. And remember, kids can't think and comprehend things like you can with all of your life experience and all of the knowledge that you've obtained through your many years that they don't possess. They can't rationalize everything the way that you can. They need your knowledge in order to do so. And so often, people have issues because of something that happened in their childhood that no one took the time to help them with. And a lot of times it's due to the fact that they didn't have a parent who would communicate with them, who would reach out and ask them how they were doing. And not just in the very you know informal way that we do with people that we see on the street. Hey, how you doing? No, like, hey, how are you doing? I, I'm here to listen to actually hear how you're doing. Because if you're going through something, I want to help. Dads, that's the communication that we need to establish. And the sooner the sooner you can do it, the better. If your kids are young, make sure they know that this is the case and that it will always be the case. Now, if you have older kids and you have failed to do this, let me give you a tip. If you want to establish that bridge of communication and your kid thinks, you know what, my dad's not this way, I don't have, I don't have the luxury of just talking to him like that. If, if you're in that position, I think you can remedy this by speaking to your kids the way that you wish they would speak to you. Now, what I mean by that is take them somewhere. Get in the car. Go get gas. Go get something to drink. Just sit with them. Go, go somewhere with them where it's just you and them. And then start to tell them about your day. Obviously, filter out what you need to filter out based on the age of your kid. But we all have our issues still. We still have challenges at work. We have challenges with other people, with things that we're involved in. There's always hiccups in life. Tell them about those. Tell them how you feel. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them about your thoughts on how you think you can you know, correct a situation or what you think is going to make it worse, open up to them. Because what that's going to do for them, it's going to, it's going to let them know that, you know, dad clearly trusts me enough to tell me some of this stuff. There must, there must be something here that maybe I didn't realize 
existed. And let me tell you this, Dad. Even if they do not return that communication the way that you're hoping that they will, at least they're getting valuable content from you. Maybe they never open up about things that they do, but if they find themselves in a particular situation, they're like, hold on, Dad told me he kind of went through something like this at work. And he did this and this didn't work out so well. So why would I why would I do the same thing? Let me try something different. Let me try one of his afterthoughts of what he thought would have made it better. Even if you don't have the conversation, you know, reciprocate it back to you. It's okay. You trying to communicate and communicate in a valuable way, it's going to have a great impact. This is what you need to make sure you do. Establish communication and when you have the opportunity to communicate. Again, it's not all about quantity. Quantity married with quality is ideal. But the quality of communication that you have with your kids is what you need to focus on. You need to make sure that there's openness. You need to make sure that there is safety with those boundaries of communication. You need to make sure that you're not allowing the crappiness of your day to keep you away from having good conversations with your kids. That it's not making you just want to be short about everything. There will be days you mess up. That's okay. The day here and there is not going to be the factor. It's going to be the usual. It's going to be, you know, what do I remember about my dad? How did he interact with me? It's it's going to be that most of the time performance and engagement that you have with your kids. We're not perfect. That's why I say it at the beginning of every podcast. We make mistakes. We're not going to be perfect. But being mindful of these things is what helps us. Because there's going to be moments where you give the short answer and you're immediately going to think to yourself, I shouldn't have done that. It gives you the opportunity to get up and to go and fix it right then and there. And the sooner you fix problems, the better. Always. It's always worse to let things go on and go on and then try to fix it because you always get to go back to that moment that you missed at the very beginning. So this is what I want you to take away. This is what I want you to focus on because this is going to have a tremendous positive impact on your kids' mental health. If they can have that communication with you, then it's going to be golden. One of the big things that they tell you to do if you have mental health issues is to talk to somebody, is to have communication. And the sad thing is that most adults who have mental health issues, anytime they talk to a therapist, psychologist, counselor, they always ask them about their childhood. And nearly every time that's where the issues stem. It's always rooted in something that happened when they were a kid. And if you can make sure that there's communication so that your kid doesn't have to just try and figure things out on their own, they don't have to just try and come up with some answer to questions that they honestly don't know the answers to, and then they just build on top of those assumptions with other assumptions until finally everything crumbles and they are broken mentally. You can prevent that by having open communication, engaging communication, where you're intentional about it with your kids. It's, it's not hard to do. 
We are all fully capable of doing it. When you're on the job, you're probably pretty intentional about how you talk to your boss. And if you are the boss, you're probably pretty intentional about how you talk to people you want to be in business with. You listen. You engage. You go the extra mile. You learn a little bit more about them than just what's work-related. That's what you need to do at home, but that much more. So take this and think about it. Think about it before you start it. How do you have quality communication in your home? Your kids probably aren't 5, 3, and 1 like mine. So that's something that you've got to come to terms with. You've got to think about it. You've got to think about your kids. And if there are issues that they're dealing with now, start talking to them. And maybe don't make the mistake of just immediately trying to break in on what you think you perceive and giving answers. I know this is the go-to response for men. We like to fix things. Start with opening up and talking about some of your challenges first and build the trust for the communication to happen. Start there. I'm not an expert on everything. That's why I'm leaving some room for you to think about and figure out what's best. But I truly believe that communication is what is vitally needed in the homes. Quality communication. So take that and make a difference in your home. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for being with me, and I hope you'll join me next time.